Thanks for tuning in. First, a word from our supporters. V Coffee Podcast is sponsored by KitchenAid, whose coffee collection is changing the way coffee is brewed at home. KitchenAid worked with baristas and coffee experts to engineer a new line of coffee products. The KitchenAid Burr Grinder allows you to extract the best flavor from your coffee beans by precisely controlling the grind level. The KitchenAid Precision Press Coffee Maker enhances the classic French press brewing method with an integrated scale and timer to precisely brew a bold, full-bodied cup of coffee. Exceptional coffee made simple with KitchenAid. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where our focus is people and our language is coffee. My name is Weston Peterson. And I'm Jesse Hartman. This is your platform for people-focused coffee talk. Well, we covered it before and we'll cover it again and again. The importance of having a coffee tech. What is a coffee tech? And why do you need them around? Well, frankly, if you own a shop or you own an espresso machine or really any kind of machine that you don't know how to fix, a coffee tech is there to, well, they're there to be there for you and to fix your machines. So when things break, they come and fix them. But even more importantly, they're able to do things like preventative maintenance, which make your very expensive coffee equipment last a whole lot longer. Joining us today is Mike Sable, who's been fixing espresso machines and other coffee equipment for quite some time. When you call La Mazzocco USA, you're most likely going to get Mike on the phone. So let's travel back in time to the 2017 Global Specialty Coffee Expo as I'm sitting with Mike in the middle of the hustle and the bustle of the conference. <laughs> hey, Jesse. All right. Uh, my name is Mike Sable. I, I'm uh... We're here at the SEA Expo, and um, I work for the Lumberzoco Espresso Machine Company, and we're just, you know, we're just here doing the show, uh, you know, trying to meet it, trying to meet as many people as we can, and you know, make connections and form relationships and you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. The real stuff. Yeah. The real stuff. Um, so, what can you tell me about your beginnings in coffee? Like, where did you start? What was your first experience with? like a good cup of coffee and let's work from there yeah. and then how you ended up at uh, La Marzocco. Okay. Well, that's actually, um, it, it's, it's interesting insofar as that uh, it was uh, pretty much completely unintentional. You know, I was just a, I was just a college kid. You know, I was going to the Evergreen State College in Olympia and um, I needed a job so I got a job at a cafe and it ended up, it's where I learned how to make espresso and I probably did it very poorly. Sure. I didn't I didn't understand anything about uh, coffee, and I think I, we probably worked on an old GS, uh, on an old GS two, uh, for instance. Even before that, I think I think that's what I worked on. Anyhow, um, so I was going through school, and also in um, discovered that the library was free, and then therefore right. dropped out of school, <laughs> and then discovered um, all kinds of uh, philosophical ideas, and I started moving around the country. And then uh, following these ideas, and I always ended up working at coffee places and, and coffee roasters. Wait, why do you think that is? I just kind of want to, is there a reason you think coffee fit a certain thing you were looking for? Or was it a convenience factor? Why, yeah. why were you in coffee in those situations? Like, I, For some reason, I don't know what you found, but I found that um, the coffee industry tends to attract a lot of um, colorful individuals. And, and that there's room for, for all kinds of, of 
of people. Like I've met a, I've met a lot of cinematographers and musicians, right. and so I think that there is a um, uh, a general acceptance in the coffee industry for for people that. Uh, to kind of follow their passion, and then there's so much about the specialty coffee industry in and of itself that is based on, uh, uh, say, like taking a bean, you know, like a, a like in a growing region, taking a bean, paying attention to it, paying attention to how it's um, how, how it's grown, how yeah. it's a yeah, uh, uh, you know, caretaken, how it's harvested, right? right? And then you end up with uh, an experience of a particular microclimate in some in some valley, you know, sure, you know, some, sure. something, and and in the specialty industry then we then present that for folks and it's and it's uh, and, and it's unique and beautiful and it's something that is, that's the I think the basic premise of the industry anyhow so you know for myself I was interested in in uh, in, in philosophical ideas and I was just yeah. driving you know going around reading books and and so I just happened to find myself in in also the coffee at the same time right well coffee's also based on balance good coffee it's based on balance you know mm -hmm. water it's based on the balance of the chemicals you know coffee it's based on the balance of grind and uh, and, and and the relate and the ratio between you know the weight of the coffee to the sure. weight of the water and so I think that there's a number of things that kind of dovetail into all that but you know, but mostly I just kind of you know have found myself. Here. Yeah, you swooped in, like yeah. you kind of yeah, or were swooped in <laughs> and into coffee. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it, now it's uh, what I know how to do. And I started work on uh, teching on machines, like okay. fixing machines, in two thousand three. This is, so, yeah, this was uh, early on two thousand three. What was you were in Seattle at this point? I was in Seattle at this and, point. Yeah. I mean, what what companies were you doing tech on? Uh, well, I Seattle? worked for Starbucks. Okay. And so, which was a uh, fantastic way to learn how to um, work on machines, and um, I worked with a great bunch of people. And it's also where I met Randy, right. and and we worked together there, and um, and then just uh, you know supported the Starbucks stores. Learned, and then it's also where I learned how to work on on Linea's because I started gotcha. before uh, before the switchover to the uh, Super Autos. Very cool. Yeah. So you 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 went from. I mean, the, the, the doing tech for Starbucks to now being at La Marzocco, what did that look like, that transition? Mm -hmm. Well, I, um, the transition was, um, like, again, it's going to be based on relationship. And yeah. then um, I got out of Starbucks. I started working for a roaster doing service management. And, and again, Randy and I, you know, and then he got out of Starbucks doing work for, for, for another uh, espresso machine company. Right. And we always stayed in touch. And then... Um, uh, and then I collected more experience working on all kinds of machines, all kinds of grinders for this coffee company. Yeah. Right. And refurbishing brewers and and. Uh, so you've been doing a lot of tech for for a while now. Yeah. All yeah, all kinds of things, and it's yeah. also where I learned um, how to just to think about systems, and because at a certain point you uh, you can't remember all the details of every single machine. And you have to be able to step back and just understand, well, what's the system? Is it a hot water system? Is it a cold water system? Right. You know, is it a control component? And um, because at that point, if you can understand the basic systems, then you can work on anything. You can right. fix anything. And it doesn't really matter what it is. Because diagnosing is a lot easier when you understand the system. A absolutely. Yeah, it makes it, it, it it's, a, it's a great shortcut. And so then the, um, through the connections with Starbucks and Randy, and then there was a, a, a fellow that, that, that hired us, uh, uh, Larry, uh, who had also come from Starbucks. Yeah. Um, when, when, I be, uh, when I needed a job or, or, or I was uh, uh, making another transition out of mm -hmm. um, doing some repair work, uh, the opportunity arose to come on board with, with Lummer Zoko. Right. So, yeah. 
Very yeah, cool. And, a great fit. And so now, now you're at La Marzocco. Um, as far as far as texts go, if if there's texts out there for La Marzocco, uh, and they call, you know, the text center at La Marzocco, they get you on the phone, or they get. I'm just trying to make yeah. it like, what's the connection there for, yeah. for our listeners? Let's see. So you you'd get um, either me or JPD, Rachel, Scott yeah. Manley, or um, Andy, and gotcha. and so and all of us have had field experience. Yeah. And what we try to do is is be the tech support that we would have wanted when we were, you know, techs yeah. out in the field. <laughs> and yeah. and and um, so we're really available for anything. So we we try to take our, our experience and leverage that, you know, in whatever way that you know the person needs, whether that's in. You know, uh, helping build a parts order for a machine, sure. or in going through and troubleshooting uh, some mystery problem. Got you. And and so, uh, we also we want to touch on uh, it's kind of a natural progression into the conversation about the tech guild. Mm-hmm. Um, in very early stages right now. Uh, and yeah. How how did the tech guild? How was it founded? Who founded it? Um, and you want to tell me a little bit about the yeah, goals? The, the, I, the idea of a tech guild, an idea of, of an organization where where uh, a specialty uh, coffee focused technicians would uh, would be able to um, kind of uh, network and and learn things um, has been around for for a, for many years. Like a lot of people tell me that we were thinking about this ten years ago. Yeah. And so that the real jumping off point happened about two years ago. Um, uh, with a conversation between uh, Shad Bays and Highland Joseph. Okay. And and so then they were the people that were able to take the idea and really move it towards uh, to the SEA, the Specialty Coffee Association, gotcha. and build it up as part of the SEA's ongoing, like the Roasters Guild or the Baristas Guild right. and that kind of thing. Right. And because the SEA is, is already doing quite a bit to um, enhance the, the lives of coffee professionals, and then um, uh, service technicians are, are, are a natural with that because there's so much that service techs do that keep the specialty coffee industry moving, you know, because you can't de- you can't deliver on that on, on on that microclimate of that particular valley of, of whether it's a geisha or a, or a Bourbon, right. and maybe it's a it, maybe it's a three bag lot or something, you know? right, right, and and that's going to have a very particular flavor, and if you don't have if if the equipment that you're using doesn't have the resolution to be able to deliver that difference yeah the clarity's gone the, the clarity's gone yeah. and you might as well not you know because you can't taste the difference and the and and it takes a technician who understands these things who understands how the how the machinery works yep. and understands what you're trying to do with the coffee both those things have to come together in order to deliver on the promise of specialty coffee. Right, and and I think it's fair to say I think everybody in the industry knows <clears throat> tech. Uh, those in tech are kind of uh, taken for granted, or that the position's not really well known about. I, I'm just speaking from experience here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of cafes don't realize the value in having a, a good tech who knows mm-hmm. what they're doing. Uh, the value in having multiple techs. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea. And we kind of talked about this uh, during the training, but there's there's uh, not enough text to go around, not even no. close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's a problem. It's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and another part of the problem is cafes not realizing, or cafe owners not realizing, or larger companies not realizing that this pre uh, preventative maintenance that needs to happen and, mm-hmm. and is a it's a big problem. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a big deal. And um, anyway. Do you, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Sure. Just, uh, well, 
you know, uh, preventative maintenance, uh, like machines, just like cafes or even people, are, are overlays of systems, right? And and so uh, so a machine, uh, like an espresso machine, is an overlay of of uh, you know hot water control systems, cold water inlet systems, right. electronic programming. You know, cafes are systems of of customers, baristas, owners, and equipment. You know, you can sure. even you know, and then it's a uh, cafe is is in a community. You know, it's got it's got a personality of the people who come into it. Right. And so uh, when when you talk about preventative maintenance, you have to think about it in the terms of not so much uh, you know changing the parts on a machine and doing a specific you know a specific procedure to to a thing. What you have to understand is you have to back up a step, and you have to understand the system that it's that it's a part of, and you have to understand how the system, you know, when the system's functioning no normally, when it's functioning well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Right. You know, and I think that a lot of times people will look at machine issues, or you know, it will even relationship issues, yeah. and they won't pay attention to anything until there's a problem. <laughs> and and, and your, this is your philosophy playing yeah. in. I love it. Yeah, I love and, how it's tying in here. Yeah. And. And so if, but if you can back up and take the time to pay attention to, you know, just, just to being aware of your environment in the present moment of what, of what's going on with the machine, what's yeah. going on with the barista, what's going on with the customer, then you, you've got a context for understanding how to do this preventative maintenance because right. you're trying to maintain the well-functioning of the system. And then there, you know, there are certainly components of the system that have specific details, like you know, parts on the machine that might might need to be changed, sure. or parameters in water that need to be, um, you know, that need to be tested. You know, because that's another big. Um, uh, I'm not going to call it a misunderstanding, but there's, uh, but water is the major component of coffee. Right. And um, you know, by weight, an espresso machine is. You know, 98% about is it's a 98% hot water pressure machine, sure. and it's a 2% coffee machine. <laughs> and and and, yeah. and the general understanding of, of of the type of water it takes to make both make good coffee and to maintain uh, uh, the investment in your your equipment mm -hmm. um, is is uh, is gen need, needs to be bolstered. You know, there, yeah. there's there's a lot of misunderstanding about water within the industry, and that's another aspect of, of trying to keep keep the education going, which is another aspect of the tech guild. Because cafe owners, you know, it, it could be a complex topic, and if a cafe owner can depend and rely on a technician to help them understand their local water conditions, yeah, then that makes it far far easier to be able to create an ongoing and successful community experience sure. in the cafe. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. And I, and I think even back to the point where I think a lot of the managers running coffee shops who are responsible for checking on these maintenance issues are wearing so many hats Yeah, that I, that's one of the biggest problems I've seen as well. Maybe we'll talk about it in a later episode, but wearing too many hats and then on top of that, like a three-hour you know job of right. something they may not even know how to do. Right. And, and so uh, this obviously is just a teaser of talking about the tech guild. And yeah. Um, but I felt that it was valuable to sit down and talk about it while we're here at the SEA. Oh, absolutely. There's, there, there's a lot of excitement around it, and there's a yeah, whole yeah. bunch of possibility. Yeah. Because I also get um, people calling me quite a bit, and they ask me, well, how do I become a tech? Right. And right now, the way you become a tech is either you start working for a roaster, and you just start working on the machine, and you, and, and you make mistakes, and you figure it out, and you yeah. recover from it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you find an espresso machine on Craigslist, buy it for yourself and tear it apart and get into it but it's sure. a really kind of unstructured process 
and the tech guild has the promise of being able to add a lot of structure and to be able to add some baselines for knowledge to be able to be successful in the tech in, in, in the position. So as you might be able to tell from the conversation, coffee techs are quite valuable and there's not really a lot of coffee techs to go around. Why is that, you might ask? Well, I've seen it in the industry where people who own these machines don't care to do the preventative maintenance or they hope that somebody else will do the preventative maintenance or they bring, you know, regular mechanics to the scene and you've got yourself some real problems after that. This is going to be an ongoing conversation in a mini-series about coffee techs and the coffee industry. If you have any questions you'd like to ask coffee techs, go on over to our website at thecoffeepodcast.org and go to our contact link and fill out the form. We'll be sure to include these questions in future interviews in the mini-series on coffee techs and the coffee industry. Do you have a coffee story you want to share on the podcast? Well, you can reach us at the same website. Contact us. Hit us up. We love to respond. The Coffee Podcast is produced by me, Jesse Hartman, and my co-host, Weston Peterson. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, happy brewing.